Welcome to Supergirl's Attic. I'm Cycles. And I'm Vivi. And this episode, as you may be able to tell by the title, is about why the world needs Supergirl, this fictional character who is a symbol for hope, help, and compassion for everyone, who stands for strength from unity, stronger together, and strength through vulnerability at a time when each of those ideals feels significantly more difficult than usual to embrace. (laughs) So we thought it would be an apt time to discuss the character. I had pitched this topic before we knew the show was ending. Yes. (laughs) So this has been on the in the works for on the horizon a while. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) So I thought we should first touch on the importance of symbols like art, stories and political figures and the effect that they have on the world as we explore why the world needs Supergirl. And I think the best way to do that is by going back a little bit and examining the impact a few symbolic figures have made on history and subsequently have made on who the character of Supergirl is today, going all the way back to Superman's creation. So Superman was created by Joe Shuster, who was the artist, and Jerry Siegel, the writer, when they were teenagers. Later in life, Siegel wrote a little bit about what led to the conception of Superman as a character, which was actually in contrast with some popular understandings of what the Superman would look like at the time, take the Ubermensch, and how that idea was interpreted by the Nazi regime. According to Siegel, he wrote this iteration of the Superman that we have come to know because he knew hopelessness and fear while he was unemployed during the Great Depression. Hmm. And We also know he never spoke about it in relation to Superman, but his father actually died in a robbery shortly before he came up with the character. He also said that what led to the conception of Superman as we know him was hearing and reading of the oppression and slaughter of helpless, oppressed Jews in Nazi Germany. Now, on the other hand, Siegel was inspired. The first thing he mentions in this letter with regard to the creation of Superman is actually President Roosevelt's fireside chats. Think of Roosevelt's fireside chats as like the opposite energy of President Trump's tweets. (laughs) So during the Great Depression, Franklin Roosevelt used the radio, which was the cutting edge technology of that era, to connect with his constituents, with citizens around the United States. And reassure them that life would eventually get better, that the depression would not last forever. If you've ever seen the movie Annie, the original one, it is set in that time period and it encompasses that same belief. So think of them as like long form hope speeches. Basically, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And Siegel also mentioned specifically heroes and, and media that he consumed and how they inspired him. He said that he read of gallant crusading heroes in the pulps and equally crusading heroes on the screen in feature films. He said that he had the great urge to help the despairing masses somehow. And this character was his contribution, him trying to make the world a little bit brighter and create something aspirational. And a lot of these ideals are also extremely present and in some ways more present in the character of Supergirl. On the topic of symbols, I came across a painting that I found to be quite resonant for Kara as a character. It's a George Frederick Watts painting titled Hope, and he describes it as Hope who is a woman, sitting on a globe with bandaged eyes, playing on a lyre, which has all the strings broken but one, out of which poor little tinkle she is trying to get all the music possible, listening with all her might to the little sound. And it evokes 
Cora energy in the sense that, you know, she's sitting on this very desolate globe. It's a kind of bleak looking little painting. And there's a sense of loneliness, which we know that Kara as a character has experienced. And there's this single little tiny light in the distance if you sort of squint at the sky of the painting. And in terms of symbolism in the painting, that has the same kind of energy as the little one string on the lyre in how it's the smallest little bit of beauty in the darkness of space. And the fact that it is a star in the painting obviously reminds me of Kara, who at one point her parents put in the pod and sent off to Earth far away to this distant star in the hopes that she would be safe there as their planet was being destroyed. And what's interesting is that this painting then inspired a man named Dr. Frederick G. Sampson, who was a pastor, and he gave a sermon on the audacity to hope under such circumstances as that painting. And then this, in turn, inspired the 2004 convention speech that would ultimately make Barack Obama a kind of rising star and set him on the path to the presidency. He spoke of the audacity of hope in that speech, and it kind of put him in the eyes of the public more than he had been before. And it painted him as this kind of hopeful figure, a symbol. And hope would then go on to color his entire campaign. So, Jerry Siegel, as we talked about, was inspired by FDR's fireside chats that he used to try to give people hope. And it made Siegel wonder what he could do. He said, how could I help them, you know, the despairing masses, when I could barely help myself? Superman was the answer. And Superman, aiding the downtrodden and the oppressed, has caught the imagination of the world. Obama was also moved in a similar way to his act of writing. In his book, The Audacity of Hope, he described trying to figure out how to address the 2004 Democratic Convention and then remembering that speech that Reverend Frederick G. Sampson gave. And like a revelation, he, quote, turned off the basketball game and started to write. So there's this thread of inspiration across hundreds of years connected to hope. These individuals all had a sense of having a place in history and an ability to make an impact through words, through creation and art. And these events are all connected to Supergirl. Hmm. Out of all of this background, we have Supergirl, the television show, which emerged at what we now recognize as a, a turning point <laughs> in this earlier part of the 21st <laughs> century. I'll say. <laughs> Yeah, 2015 feels like it was a long time ago. <laughs> but the show was conceived as an outgrowth of this optimism that came along with the Obama administration and the idea that American society was progressing in a way that seemed to have turned a corner, particularly on race relations and the possibilities for people who were other in some way. You had, you know, the passing of gay marriage during the Obama administration. You had new protections for trans people. There was a lot of really positive social energy throughout this period between 2008 and 2016. And in the midst of all this comes the television show Supergirl, which premiered in 2015. And we are introduced to Kara, who embodies this same spirit of hope, who prefers to use words as her power that reaches others, who really values this idea of connection and of embracing what is unique about yourself. Who expects that she will have the ability to speak to people who are different from her and have an impact on them. Mm. 
And it was very in keeping with the spirit of the moment at the time when season one came out because, you know, the Obama administration had run two successful terms and it seemed like the right moment for this hero who is a beacon of all things good in a way. (laughs) And then 2016 happened the way it did. And instead of Kara just continuing as a byproduct of the era that had come before, all of a sudden she has turned into this figure of hope in a very dark time, Hmm. which honestly I wish got more attention because Kara is kind of the hero we all need to see right now. But if you think, you know, 2016, the end of season one, the transition into season two, the show was still very optimistic. They had Linda Carter come in as the president, you know, foreshadowing the optimism about the idea of potentially the first legitimate female president of the United States. Mm -hmm. And then over the course of that year, 2016 to 2017, not only did you see a very real backlash in the real world, to the idea that change was exciting, that change was hopeful or good. You also saw it present itself in media as the 2016-2017 TV season went on and you saw a lot of very gratuitous spikes in violence against female characters. That was kind of a banner year Hmm. in the worst way for all of that. And it was very much a backlash to the decade that had come before it on a political level and also on a personal level because we are all products of the world we live in and, you know, no content creator is separate from their beliefs and their politics. So you not only have this backlash that's happening in the United States and that we are still dealing with right now, but you also started to see this broader swing throughout the world toward conservatism, toward fear, toward authoritarianism. And that's where this was really like the moment for the character of Kara Zorel to step into the light, if you will. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you think about coming back to Superman for a minute, who was a character who resulted from the Great Depression, Kara is this, you know, beacon of hope within a pretty rough time and in very specific ways. So let's start with the concept of hope. A lot of superheroes are figures of hope in the sense that they are forces for good that people can look to and who have strong values that people can aspire to. Bakara, Supergirl, very kind of directly represents hope through her story, which has an origin in hope and in resiliency. And so resiliency is your ability to bounce back from a significant stressor or a loss. And all of us have this ability to varying degrees. And it, of course, is embodied in many superheroes because otherwise they wouldn't be terribly inspirational. (laughs) But resiliency is one of Kara's defining traits as a hero because her life is so marked by devastating losses and the need to start over. And this is why she earns... The title of, you know, ultimate paragon in crisis as the paragon of hope. Her actual life was, as the monitor pointed out, like worse than anything he could throw at her to test her. And she was still doing okay. Mm -hmm. So there's something really powerful about that that goes beyond the literal superpowers. Yes. So Sterling Gates is a comic writer. He wrote for the 2005 Supergirl comic series, taking over in 2008. And he also wrote the tie-in comic for the television show Supergirl, titled The Adventures of Supergirl. He also wrote one episode of the show. Yeah. 
He's also a writer for The Flash right now. Yeah. But he said about Kara, she suffered more than any other super character in history. And in spite of that, she channels that grief to create this extremely strong optimism. Yeah. And so as, of course, we all know from watching the show, Kara has been through a lot of things in her relatively short life. I kind of said that her life was like if you took 2020 and just lived it for years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, take every one of those stressful things. She's probably experienced it in some intense way. Yeah, isolation. <laughs> yeah, for decades. She lost her entire culture, her family, and everyone and everything she knew because of, like, a climate change event, mm. which we're dealing with. She was stuck in the phantom zone completely alone it's something she's talked about that she was awakened had the presence of mind to recognize a few times and it was apparently very emotionally scarring yeah and also just the mourning process that she had to go through and the fact that she couldn't really tell anyone about it outside of her immediate family and feel a sense of connection to people yeah and also the fact that she had to hide her alienness mm -hmm. even when it wasn't you know seeped in her grief yeah but within all of that, obviously, you know, we all have moments where we're like, we can't keep dealing with whatever the problem is. But Kara as a character, this is where that core strength of resiliency shines through, no pun intended. <laughs> Anytime she gets knocked down, she will choose to get up and try again, whether it is being literally knocked down, specifically think to like her fight with Rain in season three, or figuratively where she's suffering from a huge emotional blow and she will still choose to open herself up to connection with new people, mm -hmm. particularly in, you know, closing the gap that was left by losing her family. Yeah. And this has been present for her from the very beginning of her life on Earth. Alex said in early season one to Kara, When you first came to live with us, my parents told me that you would be sad and fragile, having just lost your world, your parents, friends. But you never let that loss diminish your light. And we know from flashbacks to early on in Kara's life on Earth, how she was and how she tried to find joy on Earth. <laughs> like with the birds. <laughs> in the season one flashback at the beach where she was just fascinated with birds because they didn't have them on Krypton. And even from the moment that her pod was opened, she was smiling, excited to see Cal. The way that she has seen Earth from her very first moments on the planet has been as a chance to connect with people and as a chance to create a new life. And even though she has struggled with that, as we saw in season three flashbacks with her struggle to see the Danvers family as her home, that has been something that she has consistently chosen. And that ties into who she is as a hero. Sterling Gates again, he said about her that she takes that grief, which has to be massive, and rather than crumbling, she does what a hero does. She goes through great lengths to help other people. Kara uses this sort of resource of hope within her and the act of choosing to hope as a tool to help people as a hero and in her personal life. Yeah. And what's important throughout all of this is that Kara making this choice doesn't mean that she's not still struggling. Hmm. And that's really one of the strengths of the show. We do see Kara struggle with her mental health and 
taking care of her own well-being. And that makes it so much more impactful when we get to see her determination to make the choice to engage, to help others, even though she herself, as she put it in season three, feels weak. Mm-hmm. And she's expressed this a lot throughout the series that in some context, she recognizes that giving up would be easier and it might be more satisfying, at least in the short term, on an emotional level. But she will push past that and recognize that she still needs to try to find a reason to continue to fight and to be hopeful. Yes. With regard to that concept of giving up being easier, in season one, when Jean was contemplating sacrificing his life to save Alex from a white Martian, Kara talked about why she thought her mother didn't join her in the pod when Krypton was dying and said, dying must have seemed honorable, but dying is a lot easier than getting back up when the world has ended. Yeah. And then also in season one, you have the story with Kara getting trapped under the Black Mercy, and it's giving her the emotional gratification of all of the things that she lost. It gives her that sense of a reunion with her family, the perfect future she might have envisioned for herself. Mm-hmm. And even before Alex makes an appearance in there, Kara already recognizes that something about that isn't right. And then when confronted with the fact that it isn't necessarily real, she does choose to leave. Yeah. But she knows she doesn't have to. She could have stayed. But she realizes that there's more that she has in her life to look forward to that she is connected to. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because, you know, at the end of season one, they had Kara give a hope speech and it kind of woke everyone up. Mm. And then they did it again in season five. (laughs) Yes. But Alex in the Black Mercy episode has her own kind of hope speech where she reminds Kara of all the decisions that she made to make a new life on Earth with her family and also with Supergirl. And right around that time that she mentions Supergirl, this figure of hope probably for Kara also, Kara makes that final decision to leave the illusion. Yeah, and in that particular episode, we learn how integral becoming Supergirl is to Kara's kind of self-healing process, if you will. Hmm. Because then we see later on in early season three when Kara's really, really struggling for the first time that we've seen in the show for an extended period of time that Supergirl is the thing that is keeping her going. Yeah. Even though her heart is not totally in it because she lost someone that she loved that triggered all of her feelings of loss for all of the other people that she's loved. She's really questioning her own judgment and her own goodness as a person because she's afraid that she killed this person she loved. Yeah. And yet she is still trying her best to continue to be Supergirl because she recognizes how important that symbol of hope is to others. And she doesn't want other people to feel as bad as she currently does. Yeah. And then in terms of, you know, her personal feelings, which are separate in her mind from her sort of duty as Supergirl, she gives up in a way, on the hope of having those familial bonds that she chose to have when she came to Earth. And so seeing this character who embodies resiliency in the way that we've been talking about, deal with this kind of human weakness, the way that she herself describes it in season three, of a depression, of losing hope, and then seeing her actively choose to fight it to feel hope again, and to fight for that kind of happiness, even though it is extremely difficult for her. I mean, if we want to talk about why the world needs Supergirl, that is definitely a storyline that I can see having a very meaningful impact on people who are drawn to a character like Supergirl because of their own need to feel hope. And the thing about 
Kara's audacity to hope, if you will, Hmm. is that, and she recognizes this about herself and how this makes her distinct from Superman. She doesn't try to overcome all of that loss and all of that pain completely alone because you can't. Hmm. And so it's funny because her whole reason she is stuck in this dark emotional place for so long is that she doesn't want to feel human because that to her is about being vulnerable and feeling weak and being on this lonely planet full of strange creatures. (laughs) But it is human to crave connection to other people. And that is such a core part of who Kara is. And she needs that energy. And she says that in season one as well. She needs to know that the people that she cares about believe in her Yeah, in order to be able to do the things that she does. So her understanding of Krypton and Kryptonian culture and that belief in Stronger Together is, at the end of the day, really what carries her through a lot of her darkest moments as a person. The recognition that she can't do everything alone and that she doesn't want to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That concept of El Mayara, Stronger Together, is one of the core values of the character and ties nicely with this compassion for all idea from her motto, Hope, Help, and Compassion for All. Again, created by Sterling Gates. Yes. (laughs) And who very much ties into, as we've talked about, that kind of decision to connect with other people. At the end of season one, when Kara gave her hope speech, she specifically recalled how she was welcomed by the Danvers family. She said, when I first landed on this planet, I was sad and alone. This is something that she also expressed to Lena in a flashback in season five. Mm -hmm. But I found that there's so much love in this world out there for the taking. And I just think it's kind of funny because Alex and Eliza have been established as people who don't totally trust the people of Earth the way that Kara does. (laughs) Eliza told Alex in season one, as I like to reference, <laughs> yes, that Kara believes that everyone is, you know, deep down as good as she is, as a contrast with Alex and Eliza. But it's funny because it is, in fact, their kindness and goodness, which reinforced Kara's worldview because of how she was treated when she came to Earth. And this idea that, you know, it's valid to have hope in other people, and specifically that strangers will welcome you, which is something that she echoes in the Hope speech, ties into an immigrant narrative. When I was reading some of what Obama has written and listened to some of what he said in speeches and interviews, I came across this description of the audacity to Hope speech. He said, there's a reason that I talked about immigrants coming from distant shores, not really knowing what it was that they were going to find when they arrived in America, but believing that across the ocean, there's something else, which obviously has links here to Kara and to Clark in the hope that their parents had. And that's something that Kara expressed to Clark in the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover regarding why she chooses to hope. She said that hope is what our parents did for us, what you did for Jonathan, who he had just sent away in a pod for his safety. So there's this concept of the hope that strangers will be welcomed. And it has its links to Kara's belief in compassion for all and her role as an alien in the story, as an alien immigrant. And Kara's motto has some contrast with truth, justice, and the American way. Hers is hope, help, and compassion for all. It almost sounds like a direct rebuttal of that concept. <laughs> And that's something that even Melissa talked about back when she was doing press for season four, how Kara is a hero for everyone. And in season four, that's a big contrast with the nationalism or I guess the earthism that we see like Earth first or in real life America first. 
And this concept of whether or not we as people can welcome those who are different from us is also something present in the way that Joe Biden is talking now in his run for presidency and how he wants to be a president for all Americans, which is in direct contrast with Trump, who abandons people in minority groups with his policies, actively targeting them. And even down to like Democrats, he lies about and blames democratically led states for difficulties they have and avoids offering federal help to them. So these values are extremely relevant in terms of what kind of thought leader and inspirational figure people may be looking for right now. Because on the other hand, we have Joe Biden as somebody who has run his campaign on the concept of bringing people together and ending divisiveness in America and Cara, Supergirl, who believes in compassion for all. And Supergirl's fourth season very clearly had the most direct political themes with mm. immigrant aliens and the agents of liberty, a group with an us versus them core ideology. And season four was also when the show really leaned into the Sterling Gates Supergirl motto. And it was reflected in the way that the season started with Kara as Supergirl flying around and saving people in different countries and speaking different languages. And Kara's role as a hero with compassion for everyone was later put in contrast with Red Daughter's loyalty to Kosnia only. Then when they finally spoke, Red Daughter criticized Kara for defending the corrupt. And Kara is a character who is willing to reach out and help people who are not perfectly good or who have done terrible things. It's interesting that you bring up Red Daughter as a contrast to Supergirl and her values, because in recent years, there's been a little bit of a resurgence of popularity of female superheroes, which we will talk about more in a little while. But the other one that really stands out in everybody's minds at the moment, of course, is Wonder Woman, mm -hmm. because the first movie came out a couple years after Supergirl started airing, and the second one was supposed to come out this summer, and we're still waiting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if you look at, you know, Diana's view of humanity and why she chooses to be a hero her focus is very different than Kara's yeah in a way that's not the same as Red Daughter's obviously no but that has a big difference in terms of how she views people versus her role as a protector of people yes in the Wonder Woman film Diane has a sort of disillusionment process where she comes to human society and realizes that the war and horrible things that are happening are not from some outside god figure forcing them to do it and that instead they are you know culpable and she comes to the conclusion that humans kind of suck and it's also something we see in the justice league film that she believes still that humankind has let her down but she, because of who she is, decides to protect them anyway. And she has this revelation that it's not about deserve. It's not about what humankind deserves. It's about what you believe and I believe in love. So she's basically saying there that she loves humanity despite the fact that it doesn't deserve her. So she's going to protect it. Whereas Kara thinks that people are as good as she is deep down. And this isn't because she hasn't seen that humans are capable of terrible things. She just believes in them despite that and believes that there's also good in there. Yeah, so it's kind of a contrast of Diana believing that she's going to be a hero and a champion for humanity, even though they maybe don't deserve it. Mm -hmm. Whereas 
Kara in large part because of the close relationships that she has made to her human family sees humanity as 100% deserving of her time and her compassion and her caring. And she makes the choice from that place instead. And to look at the context of the character of Kara Zorel, not just in the show, but more broadly, helps to kind of make sense of how her character came to be this person in particular. Because the character of Kara is first introduced in the comics in 1959 and is really emblematic of the spirit of the post-World War II generation at that point in time, like the youth generation. Hmm. Her values as a character echo the principles of humanistic psychology, believe it or not, which was a new discipline that started to emerge in this same time period as a direct response to kind of the doom and gloom outlook of the generation that fought World War II and looked at the results of the Holocaust and questioned, how could humanity do this? So we've reached a point by the late 50s, early 60s, where you have this much more optimistic and holistic framework for understanding people, both the self as the individual and how the self relates to others and how that affects our mental health and well-being. And that is very much, you know, related to Kara's sense of connection to others and her positivity in general as a character. Hmm. The other thing that has been on my mind a lot, especially as everybody's been stuck at home for so long this year, Hmm. is Kara as a character, at least in the show, really also embodies this spirit that is captured in the diary of Anne Frank. And that is also a little bit relevant to the character as she was conceived and created in the late 1950s because the diary of Anne Frank reached the height of its first round of worldwide popularity during this time period. It was when the English language translations really spread all over the world. And it was, of course, a book for young people. And also because the United States was the number one home for refugees from the Holocaust in this period after World War II. And the quote that I always think of with relation to Kara is specifically the Anne Frank quote, in spite of everything, I still believe that people are really good at heart. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole lot more to that passage. But the ultimate conclusion is, you know, I can feel the suffering of all these other people. I can feel it for myself. But I still think that everything will come out all right and that the cruelty and the suffering will end. And that just really also embodies Kara as a character. Yeah. So the reason that I had been pitching this episode to you is that people, adults particularly, who have reached the point of being a little bit jaded or cynical, are very dismissive of this belief in the goodness of people. And we see that a lot in other characters in the show who, you know, look at Kara and her beliefs and are like, are you sure you want to say that? <laughs> <laughs> like, we already talked about Alex, but there were others. Yeah. Well, also, Astra in season one <laughs> was a big foil for, in some ways, Allura. <laughs> uh, Bakar talks about the Astra and Allura relationship and related to Allura and was concerned that Alex was like Astra. She said, when I asked my mother why they could never get along, she said it was because Astra didn't have faith in people. And that has been something consistent between Alex and Kara, something they disagree about. 
like we saw with Purity in season three and how Kara thought that there might be a Julia underneath there, a humanity within, which Alex really did not agree with. <laughs> also because she was going through some things. <laughs> Kara also had faith in Astra and then, you know, Alex killed her, but... <laughs> 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 that was the way you said that. But that was something that Kara disagreed with Alex and John about that Astra would have changed if she was given more time. And one of the most, I think, moving moments of the show, particularly with relation to demonstrating Kara's strength of character and the values that she has, almost akin, I think, to the robbery mm. takedown from season one when she was powerless and convinced the man to hand over his gun with just her words. This was a very moving moment when Alex admitted that she killed Astra, and then Kara showed her compassion when, beforehand, both Alex and Jean had thought that she would think less of Alex mm. and no longer see her as a hero. And then she also reached out to Jean, who she had been feuding with. And that was one of the moments of the show that was like, oh, this is different. <laughs> yeah. This is going differently than you would expect. Then there's something special here. And there was this inherent belief in people and their relationships and the connections that they had and the strength of those bonds that was demonstrated in that moment. And then with all the other characters in terms of people who challenge Kara's belief in compassion for all, we have Lena, who gave Kara some trouble on that front in season five. Lena lost her faith in people. So like Astra, the way that she was trying to help the world was through Myriad, through controlling people. And the turning point for Lena was actually when Lex kind of just plainly said the belief that she had been acting on, which was that humanity can't be fixed. They need to be controlled. Humanity needs a firm hand to guide it, to lead it. And who better than Luther's? And then Lena was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how this is reading to people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like, wait, I sound like I want to rule the world. But this concept that people aren't good enough to be left alone to make good choices, the pervasive idea that people don't deserve nice things, an underlying ideology of distrust has real world effects on people and policies and the way that we relate to each other. I read this book called A Paradise Built in Hell by Rebecca Solnit. And in it, she described how people behave most often altruistically and form like communities during a crisis, which is a time when people expect civilization to fall apart and people to start like going at each other's throats. And those in power will make decisions based on this fear that violence will break out, even though the people affected will be largely peaceful. They'll send in law enforcement to force order and then end up making things worse and inciting violence. And I mean, in 2020, you can see the ties there in terms of the ideology with regard to the mostly peaceful protests and how they are reacted to and how the violence is amplified. And I thought it was interesting when I was going over the section about how people react in a crisis because I remembered the scene in season four when they played the Mad World song. Uh, yeah. Over like a montage of... Of pure chaos. <laughs> yes. And there was this level of chaos because a third party, Manchester, had crashed the competing anti-alien rally and pro-alien march and violence broke out. But then the people who were not the masked agents of liberty, humans and aliens alike, were kind to each other. And there was that picture that James took of mm, yeah. a human helping an alien. And I was like, oh, maybe that's actually kind of realistic to a degree. And so in terms of why the ideals that Carr represents are actually important, 
This widely held belief that people are inherently bad leads to things like the stripping of rights from people who commit a crime, because once they commit a crime, that means that there's an underlying badness to them, which is an idea that in turn leads to abusive prison structures, because once people are in prison, they don't deserve to have the same kind of dignity. And it leads to the denying of aid to people who need it because, well, they're to blame. And people who need financial assistance are actually just not working hard enough. Or the people that need social security because of a disability are, are just milking it. And it's also one contributing factor to the history of disbelief in the victims of police brutality. You know, the police being an authority, which our society deems more worthy of trust than the general public, because people generally aren't trustworthy. So we could go on and on about how pervasive the distrust is in our society and how it has a practical, painful impact on our lives. And this is why a figure like Supergirl or Obama or even Biden is so radical and impactful in terms of this idea that actually it's important for us to be vulnerable and to be trusting and, and to believe in people's stories and trust when they say that there's discrimination happening, trust when they say that they're hurting, trust when they say that they're trying. And Kara as a character is someone who, even when she knows that people have done something wrong that she disagrees with, even when she interacts with villains like Livewire, interacted with a girl in season three who was part of a cult, interacted with Rain, with Raya the father of Alex's kidnapper in season two, she always engages with people in a way that assumes change is possible. And even if she's wrong most of the time, the fact that she engages in that way every time ups her odds. <laughs> and it's interesting because this idea that she can convince people to do better or to help people or to change their behavior, she believes that despite her biological mother's failure to convince the people of Krypton to save it and convince them to change the way that they were harvesting the core of the planet. Alora said that the way that she was going to try to save Krypton was through compassion and reason, as opposed to Asher's technique of terrorism. <laughs> and Kara struggles with the revelation that Alora knew and failed. But she keeps trying to reach people anyway because she believes in it. And she tries to learn from Allura's mistakes and from her own mistakes. And we see this reflected in not only her role of Supergirl with her hope speeches and the way that she interacts with people, but through her reporting and her wish to, especially in season four, change the public's view of aliens to seeing them as people. One of the other standout things about Kara specifically and Supergirl as a hero is that she has this drive to help people and she actively does help people, but she also likes giving people the room to be participants in their own saving hmm. when she can and give people the room to make the choice for themselves to, to do the right thing or to have hope or to be compassionate. And we saw that expressed really nicely in season one in the Human for a Day episode when Kara wasn't present as Supergirl, but the greater public was able to leverage that spirit of Supergirl in order to help each other, even in her absence. Yes. And when Kara was affected by red kryptonite and falling, Kat touched on why Supergirl is so important to the people of National City and said that having someone who embodies our heroic ideals helps us believe that we can be heroes too. Yeah. And then also related to that, I started thinking about Kara's every person in this city is a light, the way that she describes what the people she protects mean to her mm -hmm. because it goes back a little bit to what I said earlier about this idea that connection to people really matters 
in terms of how you see yourself and, and how you see the world. And also that you gain an energy from people, whether positive or negative. And that Kara really embodies that. She absorbs the energy of those people that she serves and that she interacts with. Like sunlight. Yes, like sunlight. And she uses that to drive herself forward. But more broadly than that, I like that we kind of turn the conversation back towards the interplay between Supergirl as a hero and media and the role of humans in helping Kara be the hero that she is. Because you can't have Supergirl without Kara Danvers. The show has really <laughs> made this point throughout the course of the series. And if you look back, and now is really, you know, a time to look back, as we know that the show is reaching a conclusion, at how Kara started and, and where she is now. And the idea that when we first met her, she intentionally did not stand out. Mm -hmm. And part of that was a choice, but part of that was because the heroic qualities that Kara embodies are easy to lose track of a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that was an interesting choice for her character as someone who was in this kind of cutthroat media world where, as we see later with Andrea, you know, it's all about who can make the most ridiculous headline and get the eyeballs yeah. and fight for attention. And Kara really is the opposite of that. <laughs> you know, she's a dependable person. She works hard. She is kind. She is team-oriented, almost a little to the extreme sometimes, um, <laughs> which is why she loves game night so much. Mm. And also very different than some of the characters in her orbit, if you will. <laughs> she's rarely ever out for personal gain when she does things. And if you think back to season one, when Siobhan came in for her Silver Banshee arc, she didn't know what to do with that. <laughs> and neither did characters like Leslie Willis or Livewire. And also with Kara and thinking about where she was in season one versus where she is now, you know, she appreciates being praised when she does something well, as we saw with her getting so excited when Supergirl was first on the news. But the praise is not the goal. The goal is just the gratification that comes from doing the work. Yeah. And it took so much for people who even spend a lot of time with her to truly see and admire those qualities about her because they are so invisible in their own way. Because if someone is, is doing those things well, you don't notice till they're missing. Mm. Uh, <laughs> like in season three. <laughs> like in season three, yeah. And so, you know, that was Kara. The, the real parts of Kara, you know, as she's fighting this battle between feeling like she's hiding herself and is she, is she not? Whereas then, you know, she emerges as Supergirl and Supergirl is meant to stand out and be noticed. And you know that because she is wearing these bright colors. <laughs> but she still has all of Kara's personal qualities that make her such a likable and endearing person. And yet she also has this other touch of what maybe Thomas Colville would call godhood. Kara would hate. Uh, <laughs> or danger, someone like Ben Lockwood or Lex Luthor might say, because she just has this physical capability to change the world, essentially, <laughs> as we saw in Elseworlds when she and Barry literally turned the world in the opposite <laughs> direction. And, and just, she just can do things that humans can't, even in their wildest dreams, like Alex's fantasy world where she was Supergirl. <laughs> 
And as we saw illustrated really clearly in the Earth X crossover, the only thing that stands between Supergirl and terrifying world domination is Supergirl's inner qualities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so to people who fear that kind of power, that is terrifying. Mm. But it's something that Kara is very conscious of. And the need for that level of integrity is so important. And it also makes it really, really fitting that Kara, in her human identity, chooses to participate in a profession with a similar high demand for integrity, for those strong moral principles, and for trustworthiness. And part of what is so inspirational about Kara, Supergirl as a character, is the fact that somebody has these powers and uses them well and uses them kindly in terms of like belief in people and whether or not people are just out for their own interests. Supergirl is a power fantasy in the sense that maybe somebody could have this amount of power and choose to represent hope, help, and compassion for all, as opposed to somebody like Rain, who said, all I am is truth, judgment, and death. <laughs> and Rain herself was exactly what you'd fear, an authoritarian who wants to control people absolutely, which is kind of a consistent thing across the Supergirl villains in contrast with Kara's ideology. Mm -hmm. And related to that evolution of Kara's ideology as a superhero, she doesn't fully articulate her principles as a hero until later on in the series in season two. And similar to how Kara's going through this evolution of what Supergirl means to herself and what she wants it to mean to society, we also get to see this interesting relationship with how the humans of National City and the world at large understand Supergirl and whether or not they believe in her between the first season and now. Especially if you think back to season one, it leaned very heavily into the novelty of this idea of there being a female superhero. <laughs> and we saw the public react to Kara through that lens throughout most of season one. There was the grappling with the idea of sexism in how Kara was judged for her decisions versus maybe Call. Even the villains were, you know, writing her off a little bit <laughs> because, oh, she's just a girl. She's wearing her cute little cheerleader skirt, whatever. <laughs> and, you know, Kara, through her process of learning with Alex and Jean, learns how to really play into those low expectations and then use that against people who misjudged her. But you also saw this very high standard being placed on her in terms of being a role model in maybe ways that some of the other heroes in the Arrowverse do not deal with. But over the course of the series, this relationship between Kara and the public changes, and in part because of something I think we talked about a lot throughout season four, the way they were very intentionally using Kara's dialogue as Supergirl when she gave people reassurances of their safety. Hmm that it was being very intentionally paired with her actions to show that she only says it when she means it and that she is very conscious of wanting to be trustworthy in large part because of the Red Kryptonite incident in season one and how long it took her to rebuild people's trust. Yeah, Kara, everything that she does, even if it doesn't seem like it as a superhero, she does with intention and with the goal of maintaining her, her brand, if you will. <laughs> 
And you see, even in season four, with Lockwood intentionally going out of his way to try to damage Supergirl's reputation, that only went so far Mm -hmm. because Kara is so strict in her principles and is true to her pledge to be there for everyone Mm. in their moment of need. Not necessarily forgiving people who've done bad things, but also recognizing that she can't, like Rain, be the judge, jury, and executioner, that that's not her place and that's not her role. And, like, her consistency there is important, but it also is a really nice model then for other characters within the world who kind of aspire to wear that sort of similar heroic mantle throughout the series. Hmm. Yeah, Kara throughout the years has sort of amassed a bit of a super following of people who aspire to her values or to have their own kind of strength and character as a hero and in their personal lives. And we get to see their journeys with relation to Kara's progress throughout the years. Mm. Yeah. And the first character that we really see that with on a personal level is Jean. Mm. And I love that they really developed that and used their kind of shared histories as being the last of their kind to give them that strong emotional bond and a place where they can connect and kind of push each other in different ways because Jean thaws considerably (laughs) on his stance on whether or not to be a part of life on earth throughout his direct contact with specifically Kara and watching her navigate that dual identity of being a hero being an alien but also then maintaining a life and a connection to humanity. And, you know, his first decision to reveal himself is to protect both Alex and Kara, which was a neat season one bookend to Kara revealing herself to protect Alex in a similar kind of way. Mm. But you also, over the course of the series, you see because of Kara's influence, Jean reconsidering how the DEO operates in the way it treats aliens, in his willingness to go to Mars and deal with his trauma and then coping with discovering his dad is there, which, you know, was meant to be a parallel to Kara later in the season, discovering Argo. And then also Kara is really integral in her own way to Jean's evolution to embracing who he is as the Martian Manhunter, Mm -hmm. which is so awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And then very similarly, within this family unit, we also see the impact of Kara's desire to be true to herself on And this understanding that evolves over the course of the series that for all the years that Kara could not be honest about who she was and could not be authentically herself, Alex was limited in the same ways. Yeah. It manifested, obviously, very differently. But (laughs) as one of them is able to open up, the other then does as well. And they have this really nice symmetry in inspiring each other to take risks and be vulnerable and be honest with others. Yeah. And now Alex is going to give it a shot as a superhero in her own way. (laughs) So it'll be fun to see how their relationship there changes because Mm -hmm. there was a little bit of uh, chafing in season (laughs) one with 
you know, Alex being the older sister and kind of calling the shots and then Kara yelling at Alex for doing things that are dangerous to humans. And mm. <laughs> Well, it'll also be interesting to see if Alex embraces sort of a public identity mm. and then what she might represent if she decides to represent something. Yeah, because right now it's mostly like, well, everyone else in my family is doing this. So, OK. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, represents family. She does. <laughs> that's, her, that's her superhero identity. <laughs> And then kind of in the same vein, like thinking about, you know, Alex first going through her whole coming out process as a lesbian, but then now (laughs) deciding that she wants to take on this bigger heroic role, whether it's very public or not. And given her personality, we'll see. Um, (laughs) We also see the impact that Kara's had on Nia Mm -hmm. and how that has shaped the person that Nia has evolved into from having another person who relates to her in some ways. Obviously not because Nia is trans, and that's where that part of her identity as a person is really relevant to her identity as a hero in the same ways that, you know, some of Kara's Kryptonian values impact her. But because there was something about Nia that resonated for Kara, they've been able to have this really nice mentor-mentee relationship Mm -hmm. And then similarly, like thinking back to this idea of mentoring other heroes, we have to look at Monel, of course, because Kara really wanted to have that experience in season two, in part because she had in the back of her mind that she still owed her family this debt of training someone else to be a hero. And Monel was super resistant to it in many respects for the entire time he was present. <laughs> but when given the space to really reflect on his time on Daxum, his time on Earth, and everything else, he comes to recognize that there is something of value to what Kara was trying to to teach him in some ways. And so not only then does he respect and appreciate the things Kara had stood for, he then extends that and creates an entire network of superheroes who all act in accordance with some of those principles that Kara values so much of hope and help and compassion (laughs) years into the future where she has no impact on it whatsoever. Well, if you want to, you know, talk about Kara and be your own hero, Mm -hmm. that idea that she can't force people to act the way that she hopes that they will, she can only inspire them to strive for those values. Yeah. That far into the future, she has no direct impact. It's just about what she represents and the ideals behind her as a superhero. Yeah. And that I really I want to single that out as something that is unique about Kara as she's been presented, maybe in contrast to some other heroes that we've seen on TV or in film, because typically people who are change makers like that are only influential because of their personal qualities. You see this a lot in you know political contexts or cults of celebrity, if you will. Once you remove that leader, the movement falls apart because it, it's about the person. It's not about an ideology or a value system. And while Kara certainly brings her personality to the table as a hero and it shines through, <laughs> literally, <laughs> in so much of what she does, at the end of the day, her decisions are built on this really rock-solid philosophical view of what being a hero is about. Mm-hmm. And so that's why like, the spirit of Supergirl is able to last for so long beyond her. Yeah. And then we have Lena, who is a little bit trickier. Yeah. The end result of 
Kara's effect on Lena remains to be seen. But, I mean, knowing the show and knowing that the focus of it is on having hope and being hopeful, chances are there will be some sort of positive conclusion. Uh, (laughs) But even looking at just what we've seen so far up through season five, which was, you know, a rough time, Kara has always been willing to approach Lena as an individual as opposed to just looking at her as being a member of a category and has always thought of Lena as someone who is capable of listening to her better impulses and making choices that are right for her as opposed to kind of just doing what she feels like she should. Hmm. And the relationship that Lena's developed both with Kara and with Supergirl has frequently been enough of a push for her internally to kind of move past the worst excesses of her family's bad influences. And part of the reason that didn't happen in season five was because she was so successfully isolated, both emotionally and literally, from all of the people in her life. (laughs) Yeah, well, that was what Lex's big concern was, was that they would just, like, start to hang out and then Lena would thaw and start to follow her more positive impulses due to spending time with someone who has those ideals. And he had to manufacture a reason for them not to mend their relationship naturally. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's also kind of funny because Lex, in his own way, like Supergirl, recognizes that there is good in people. But he <laughs> it's just he doesn't, doesn't like, like it. <laughs> <laughs> we also have Cat Grant from season one, who was one of the first people that Kara, over a long period of time, influenced on a deep level. And Kara and Supergirl's influence affected not only Cat as an individual person, and for instance, the decisions that she made with her relationships, but the way this media conglomerate operated. Hmm. Because of the decisions that Kat made to change her approach and change the way that she was leading. And in the pilot, Kara actually talked about how she thought that helping Kat would be how she would help the world. And I mean, she wasn't totally wrong in that respect. <laughs> but that brings us back to the idea of the impact of media. Hmm. Yeah. And in that sense, there's been a lot of criticism of Supergirl as a television show from many directions. Some more justified than others. But we want to look at Kara and Supergirl as a character, but also look at Supergirl the show and kind of where its place is falling within the context of female-led media and female-led superhero media in particular over the last century. When the show first aired, and that's only five years ago, it was the first female-led primetime show in its genre since Wonder Woman went off the air in 1979. So it was like 25 years with nothing where you'd had one thing that seemed like it was groundbreaking, you know, at the height of the first wave of feminism, and then a void. And there are a lot of reasons for that. Entertainment financing is much more conservative than the creative end. It is also very risk averse. And investors like to bet on projects that reflect themselves. So, of course, if all of your investors are one particular demographic profile, they're going to gravitate towards the things that they relate to. And that's why it has been incredibly difficult for decades to get content for women and or people of color or queer people in mainstream media. That said, it's very difficult to build momentum for a new take on something and 
new experimentation in a genre if no one's willing to take the plunge and be first and make those mistakes so that more people can follow. And in that regard, you know, Supergirl has not been a perfect television show, but it did pave the way for a significant number of other DC female-led properties in the years immediately following. And, you know, that opening the door of opportunity cannot be overlooked in terms of the long-range impact that the show had on not only its own content and its own viewers, but on the media industry more broadly. Hmm. Like, for example, when Supergirl moved from CBS to CW, that was the same year that you had a little bit of a strategy shift with Legends of Tomorrow and Sarah Lance, the White Canary, took over as the lead of that show and has been ever since. And up until the point when Supergirl moved to CW, all of the Arrowverse shows had been extremely male-dominated. Now it's mostly female-dominated. And, you know, in the midst of this, you finally had one of the first female-led superhero films come to screen in 2017 with Wonder Woman. And then following that, you had the Captain Marvel film. Batwoman has come out, which has, you know, pushed the envelope even further in terms of female lead representation this year, especially Mm -hmm. Stargirl this year as well. So had there not been Supergirl and had Supergirl not opened on a large network because it did start on CBS, the odds of us having now multiple things to choose from (laughs) would be much lower. (laughs) Yes. And also, too, just thinking about the show itself and, and what it's done and what Greg Berlanti has done in terms of, you know, making the commitment to more diversity of his writers' rooms, of, you know, his directors, his cinematographers. And within that, you know, the opportunities that it's given the lead actors in the show who might otherwise never get the chance because no one would want to take a bet on them to direct, you know, that value also can't be overlooked in terms of what that does for the creative industry more broadly. Yes. So as we discuss this growth of representation in media that has its links to Supergirl and the Berlantiverse, I'd like to go back to discussing the role symbols play. It's no secret that representation has a real impact on people's lives and what they believe that they can be, what they believe other people can be, and how they see the world. And even the lives of the actors in Supergirl have been positively impacted by working on the show. And they, in turn, have done really admirable, Mm. inspiring things in terms of activism. And they've been rather inspiring in terms of vulnerability, like Kyler's recent coming out, as well as her opening up about having bipolar disorder. David's work in mental health, Chris's with I Don't Mind, and Melissa's involvement in that also. And Melissa's incredible show of strength in talking about being a survivor of intimate partner violence. And Melissa broke the news about Supergirl ending, season six being its last. She wrote, she's taught me strength I didn't know I had to find hope in the darkest of places and that we are stronger when we are united. What she stands for pushes all of us to be better. She has changed my life for the better and I'm forever grateful. This period of time in our lives will be, I think, characterized by many of us by grief and As of this recording, 225,000 people have died from COVID-19 in the U.S. alone, 1.15 million worldwide. I also read someone observe that we're losing all of our heroes this year, people who represent something really important for so many people, like Chadwick Boseman, Kobe Bryant, Naya Rivera, John Lewis, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. 
but each of these people are forever linked to the stories of those who were inspired by them, in particular, the American sort of narrative that we talked about before with a consciousness that you have a role in history. A little bit of their light has become a part of us, as Supergirl likes to say. And Ozzy posted this viral image on her Instagram kind of recently of a little girl saluting Ruth Bader Ginsburg as she was lying in repose at the Supreme Court. And the little girl was wearing a Supergirl costume. And Ozzy captioned it with one of RBG's quotes, which is, fight for the things that you care about, but do it in a way that will lead others to join you. And she also wrote, honored to be a part of a show like Supergirl that teaches women to stand in their power. It's our time to fight. Boot. Supergirl is a show that teaches us to fight for the things that we care about, to fight for hope and happiness in dark times to try to help when people are suffering and to try to have compassion when it is most difficult. It's a story about grief and loss, and it's a story about what comes next. In the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover in season five, Kara explained to Clark why she is so hopeful. She said, Krypton's not just a place, it's a spirit. It's hope. It's sacrifice. It's what our parents did for us, what you did for Jonathan. We have made our parents proud by fighting for what's right, so we have to keep fighting. As long as that spirit is alive, Krypton will never die. So when the show is over and we've all moved on to other things, Supergirl will continue to have an impact through the people that she has changed, through you know the kids who grew up with her as their superhero, through the people who take her values to heart. And also through the connections that we all have made from the actors in the show who have these incredible bonds that we have seen and to our fan communities. Those are things that are lasting. So, you know, vote. (laughs) Donate. Please do. (laughs) Protest. Try to talk to people. Stand up for what you care about. And, you know, as Supergirl would say, be your own hero. And on that sentimental note, this is why we asked all of you guys, as much as you were able, to put into words what Supergirl and Kara as a character has meant to you. And so now we're going to read all of the wonderful comments that we got from you guys. There were a few that were about Supergirl the show as opposed to Supergirl the character. And you can read those on our blog when we post them along with these other ones that we're about to read. So our first submission was from Comicer Girl, who has been a guest of ours a couple of times and who, as you may know from seeing her art, loves Kara. She wrote, my favorite Kara moment is actually a series of Kara moments <laughs> from the scene right after the plane save in the pilot episode. Kara's chilling on the couch in comfy clothes, enjoying some pizza, and gets so excited to see the news coverage of the rescue, if a touch defensive about making a bit of a mess. <laughs> and then to top it all off, there's a Danvers sisters hug that involves some accidental superpower usage. <laughs> Top tier Supergirl content across the board, <laughs> and the whole scene speaks to the main thing I love about Kara. She's been through some terrible stuff, but that never diminishes her capacity for empathy, and she finds genuine joy in helping others. This one is from Nerdy Gardener Shark. Supergirl reminds me to love not in spite of the fact that the world is shitty, but because of it. The next one we have is from Lid, who says... Kara is wonderful because she remains hopeful and positive despite the hardships she has lived through. But I also appreciate being able to watch a woman who gets angry and who feels things intensely and who is strong and a role model. 
She looks out for people, especially the vulnerable. She's a big nerd and has a sunshine <laughs> smile. She's a wonderful sister and friend. Kara just has the biggest heart, and I think it's so important and wonderful to see a hero who works and acts from her heart. The next one we have is from Hobbit Killer. I first fell in love with Kara when she watched the news coverage of herself saving the plane in her PJs while eating pizza. She just exuded this pure joy that I had deeply missed in comic book adaptations. It was so refreshing to see someone who didn't see being a hero as a burden. Since then, I've loved her more every season. I love her obsession with potstickers, her relationship with Alex, and that they let her get angry. And most of all, I love how she can deliver a hope speech and make you believe it. The next one is from Youngblood Buzz, who started with Cara Danvers. How do I even begin to explain my love for Kara Zorel Danvers? <laughs> she is my favorite superhero of all time. She makes me want to be a better person, like, what would Kara do? Or, Kara believes in me. And perhaps, maybe, because of our similar penchant and vice for food, <laughs> which endears her to me even more. But really, though, I love her so much. She's so much more than punch-punch, laser-eyes, wham and bam. <laughs> She's just incredibly brave and strong and compassionate, fully embodying hope, help, and compassion for all. There's a reason she's the embodiment of hope. And her growth has been amazing and so inspiring, too. From being a quiet assistant to a confident Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter, I'm so proud and I'm going to miss her so much. The next one we have is from Tegan. Kara was always a character I related to a lot. I had always enjoyed superhero movies as a kid, but there were never any like Kara. She had compassion and a sense of humor that I never saw in heroes without it seeming naive and stupid. It was refreshing to see that in Kara. The next one is from Sleep Dragon. My favorite thing about Kara is that she chooses every day to believe in people, to be happy, and to help people. Not in spite of her past, but because of it. It's the same energy she brought to creating her own found family, where Alex sits as the most prized member. She also has no guilty pleasures. She will as unapologetically love potstickers in sync and game nights with the same kind of energy. This is from an evolutionary matter who we have had on the show multiple times. How do I even begin to explain Cara Danvers? Cara Danvers is flawless. <laughs> Just kidding, but I still love her. Supergirl is, at its core, a story about the strength of kindness, of compassion, and of empathy. It's a story about how kindness saves the world. Kindness is a choice, and it's not always an easy one, but when I watch Supergirl, I get to watch the celebration of a hero who makes the hard decision to extend kindness first, to trust that people are good, and to encourage them to be their best selves. I get to watch a girl find her strength because she cares. A girl who fights back because she cares. I get to watch a hero that tells me that caring is cool. Supergirl is the best of us and what we all can be. Kara is a hero because she believes in the goodness of people. She's not flawless, but that's the point. She makes mistakes. She gets mad. She gets sad. She gets happy. She learns and she grows. We aren't our best selves by being perfect. We're our best selves because we try and because we care. But our hair probably is insured for $10,000. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. The next one is from Emily Pez 03. Kara just gives me hope and makes me feel warm. She cares about everybody so deeply. Her empathy never finds a limit. She's known great loss, but she harbors twice as much love. I don't think there are words to accurately describe why I love her so much. 
Before this show, I thought the supers were just overpowered and boring. Kara could not be less boring, and she has great fleshed-out flaws and a wonderful personality and just overall is a wonderful character. I hope I can grow up to be Supergirl one day. I don't know. I just love her so much. Raoul bless Kara Danvers. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Cyclone Virtual says, The first thing that came to mind for why I love Kara is that she's inspiring. Throughout the show, in both her hope speeches and personal moments with others, she inspires them to be their best selves, and I appreciate how consistent that is. Also, in a good way, she's a very complicated person, and I love her specific connection to Krypton as well as how she's built a family on Earth. For favorite scenes, I think the ones I always come back to are the one where she forgives Alex for killing Astra and reaches her hand out to Jean, and the streaky scene. These are probably not surprising answers for me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The next one is from J42. I love Kara for a lot of reasons, but the biggest reason is probably because of the way she represents hope. I started watching Supergirl toward the end of season one, and 2016 was a really rough year for me due to some health issues. And seeing Kara and how she has this hope, even when things look dire, really helped me a lot. Hope, help, and compassion for all has also become something that I try to embody. Kara's mantra has given me something to focus on in how I interact with the people around me. San says, Five years ago, I was starting high school, and I saw this trailer for Supergirl. I was obviously aware of Supergirl as an entity, but was not totally familiar with her backstory. And so I watched it thinking it was just another addition to the superhero genre, which were in full force back then. And boy, was I wrong. (laughs) The thing that drew me to the show was the character and Melissa Benoist portraying this character. She was this clueless girl who was taking on this enormous role as the protector of her city while facing all these backlashes and her wanting to step out of her cousin's shadow. And so, yeah, I began to see a bit of myself in her. The thing that intrigued me the most was that after everything bad that happened to her, she would never lose hope. Paragon of hope, right? (laughs) She would always have this I-can-do-it attitude when faced with uncertainty. She was always so earnest about the things that she cared about, which happened to be nearly everything. (laughs) (laughs) And Melissa Benoist's portrayal was just chef's kiss. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I could only hope to see the world as Kara did. I could only hope to be as kind as Kara was to the world, even if the world didn't deserve it. The show had a heart, and the heart was Cara Danvers. I was so sad when I heard the show was ending, because for these past few years, this show has been one of the consistent things in my life. Hell, Supergirl saved my life. It has kept me going through the worst days. Supergirl gives me hope. The next one is from Sam. Cara shows us that you can go through unbearable trauma and loss, and while still processing it or being angry and devastated by it, can choose to still be kind and helpful to others, that you can still keep moving. Kara inspires me every day to get up and fight for a better future despite my trauma and the resulting challenges from it, and I'll be forever thankful to her for that. Lila of Paper submits, Supergirl began airing when I was 14 years old, and already in the grip of what I'd later learned was a depression disorder. Hope is one of the most powerful tools against depression, and turning on my laptop once a week and watching a superhero stand for hope, help, and compassion for all both gave me something to look forward to and continual messages of hope. Season 3 especially has a place in my heart, notably the first few episodes. I had never seen such a well-done portrayal of depression before, and to see a character like Kara battle it and persevere, I can't even put it into words. Supergirl is a reminder that hope is never lost, a reminder in the power of looking at another person not just as they are, but what they can be. I think the world can always use more hope. Too long, didn't read. 
Hope. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Our next submission is from Justin. The world needs Supergirl because of the change she ignites in the workplace and in the world, between friends and family, even to enemies and strangers. Everyone that's impacted her and everyone she touches possesses the dream of a better future. And even if she'd rather stay home and eat her weight in pot stickers, because who wouldn't, she chooses instead to write an article or put on a costume to make a difference. But that's easier said than done. Kara knows she has her limits. She wishes the world wasn't so intense at times, but she also recognizes that there's so much beauty worth fighting for, a world full of cultures and people that continue to enrich herself and the communities around them. Kara inspires National City and viewers across the multiverse by pushing through those misgivings to being a protector against all those who challenge the belief in hope, help, and compassion for all. Superlad submits, How Supergirl and SPF Saved Me. Three years ago, I joined a Discord server, the Sunshine Protection Force. It was full of kind fans linked by our love for a kind show. And like Kara says, every person is a light. And these people blinded me with theirs. Friendly, hilarious, and with a spicy pinch of the saddest headcanons I've ever read, but like the good kind of sad. Before I realized it, a little bit of their light had become a part of me. This was the greatest gift Supergirl gave me. Because of the show and because of these people, I feel less alone. It was actually on this Discord server where I first wrote about why I love Supergirl. And when I read it again, I realized nothing has changed. What Supergirl meant to me back then is still how I feel now, so I'll leave you with what I wrote two years ago. I started watching Supergirl during a dark time in my life, and yet, before I knew it, the show had turned into something I never expected, a beacon of hope. Every episode I tune into Supergirl is an hour I feel a little happier and stronger, and each episode really cements into me an important message. Do not let your tragedies turn you into a jaded and angry person. Try to be better and embrace hope, help, and compassion for all. The characters have really helped me to see that, especially Kara, who has become my absolute favorite fictional character of all time. Anyways, I will always be grateful for the show and to this cast and crew members and to the fandom for helping me feel less alone. And I will always cherish the show as long as I live. Thank you guys so much for sharing your thoughts and being vulnerable in the way that Kara frequently tends to be. Hmm. And we're going to miss the show, too. (laughs) Yes. So that wraps up this episode with our thoughts on why the world needs Supergirl, especially at this particular moment in time. Mm -hmm. And with that said, because it is getting very close to Election Day in the United States, please, you know, do whatever you have the energy for to bring a little light to people. Yes. We could all use it and (laughs) show compassion to yourself as well. And thanks for listening.